mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Mark. Hi, Liz. How's it going? Great. How are you? I am, well, for us, we're getting into a little bit of fall weather. Yes, it's nice <laughs> and chilly today. So spooky season is upon spooky. us, your, and that's my favorite. Your door looks great. Liz oh my decorates her door every Halloween. I have like a pumpkin arch. So I bought the plastic pumpkins with the face cut out, Yeah, and I attached did. them to PVC pipe. So it looks like a like a, an, arch, an arch, like a balloon arch or yes, something. And then we have lit the inside of the pumpkin faces mm-hmm. with icicle lights cool. from Christmas. Oh my God. I'll have to put a picture on the Facebook for you guys. Yeah, do. We got a DM from someone about one of our episodes that I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. Her name is Susan Dewey. Okay. And she says, just listen to your latest podcast and still loving it. Well, thank God. Well, good. So are we. Thank you. Just a thought on the Bell Banner News. Did people send in their happenings? When I was growing up, the little local weekly paper would have someone in the nearby little town as a contact. I remember that lady calling my mom quite often if she had anything for the paper. Mm -hmm. Do you think that people would just volunteer information of what they wanted others to know? I remember my mom reporting when I would come home for the weekend for college or who she hosted (laughs) for dinner after church. Funny thing, this was in the 80s. I don't think this paper is in circulation anymore. I guess no need because of social media. Thanks again for the great podcast. Huh. And that's a real, that's a very interesting point. I wondered mm -hmm. the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, who are the little busybodies? Right. You know, and then I was looking up something, I think it's for this episode, and I had to look into future Bell Banner. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens. You'll see the name of the little communities around them, like Dry Fork or McKinley. Yeah. And then there's a name underneath it, like Ethel Robinson. And who's Ethel? She's the reporter. She's the local. She's the gossip. Ears on the ground. (laughs) Eyes and ears on the ground. She's their local local spy. Yeah. Yes. 
Yes, yes. So that's exactly what happened. So Susan Dewey is so Love smart. It. Thank you, Susan. Also, and she's correct about this too. She said, also, do you think a ford is like a river or creek crossing? As in, the wagons were able to ford the creek at such and such a place. And she's exactly right. I don't we understand. Gotten, a ford is where the river gets really shallow oh. and you can cross it. Like when you see okay. people on wagon trains sure. and things. I've never heard that word. Well, and it's funny because the first person who told us what that was was a South Carolina lady. Right. And she's like, oh, there are Fords all over around here. Right. And I guess we don't know because we live in a place where there, you can't cross a river around right. here. It doesn't ever get that shallow. Right. So yeah, that's what that okay. is. So now we know. And thanks to a great listener. And speaking of a great listener, here's someone to introduce the show. This is Sulane Wood in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, listening to My Grandma's Diaries. <laughs> So here we are starting episode 22, but first let's recap episode 21. So in last week's episode, the picnic was in town for two weekends Mm -hmm. at Wallace Grove, Mm -hmm. which is probably a subdivision today or a factory. I mean, who knows? But Elizabeth is hanging out with her friends and she has a secret crush Mm -hmm. that she won't even tell Dear Diary about. Mm. But we think it's Bill. We think it's Bill. Pretty sure. And one of the very last entries of our last episode, she and Bill are hanging out on the porch and they're watching her little sister Dean and her friends dancing in the house and it was a cute Hmm. moment that you and i envisioned for our netflix special yes hello netflix hi netflix we love you (laughs) make this make us retire amazon yeah anybody (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, we'll take it our series will be made one day yes absolutely grandma is still dead and (laughs) they're (laughs) and they're living Mm. in her house and we're wondering how that will affect their lives if the family needs to settle grandma's Mm -hmm. estate right how long can they live there It's a big family. And they're being so kind and helpful to Mm -hmm. Bess. I think they're all, hey, we're doing okay. Mm -hmm. Let's help Bess and Mm -hmm. Louie and all these children. At the end of the episode in September, the family got to take a little vacation. Mm -hmm. They went out to Bagnell Dam, which we talked about. And when they came home, they drove through Vienna, Missouri, Mm -hmm. and got to see where Elizabeth's mother was born. Mm -hmm. And this trip did not go unnoticed by the Bell Banner. (laughs) Of course not. (laughs) Because in the October 4th edition, I saw this little nugget. Mr. and Mrs. Louis Hartzell and family motored to the Bagnell Dam Sunday and visited in St. Louis on Tuesday. <laughs> what? Seriously? So that's wow. I know, How, that's hilarious. That was in the paper, eh? Hey, October 4th, there's uh-huh. so much Hartzell that I'm kind of surprised your family doesn't still have a copy of this edition today. Oh, I can't believe it. This I, will be revealed. They probably knew none of this, the family. I talked to my mother today and she never really knew about Belle. Really? Yeah, no, her mother never talked about Belle. How interesting. I thought that was very interesting, right? Wow, Mm -hmm. that she wouldn't even... Yeah, it wasn't even on their radar, nor was Vienna, because I asked her if, I asked my mother if, you know, she knew that her grandmother was born in Vienna, because I was going down the street in Belle on Uh, Google Earth, (laughs) and I see Vienna Street. Oh. There's a Vienna Street. Is it far away? Yes. Oh. So... The street? No, Vienna itself is far, is farther away. But that would have been the old road to Vienna, maybe? No, no. Oh. I think it's maybe just somehow there's a connection with Vienna that we're not picking up on yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. how interesting. Right. I love walking around the streets. Also, uh-huh. I do too. <laughs> also, I was looking at a ancestry record and Elizabeth's grandmother on mm-hmm. the Underwood side was mm-hmm. called Betty. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. there you go. I mean, I might mean great grandmother. That's but fine. Betty. So plain as day. Well, it's funny. Elizabeth. I, I had an Aunt Betty who was Elizabeth, and yeah. no one ever in her life called her Elizabeth. Right. But we're still going to get some Betty Elizabeth contradictions yeah. even in this okay. episode coming up. At the end of last episode, Dad had started a job mm-hmm. where he had a car and he had to go out of town. Mm-hmm. And we thought he had gotten a job for the Potosi yes. lumber and he was buying rail- lumber for railroad ties. And then suddenly he's home and then Elizabeth is saying, oh, I hope his job picks back up. Yeah. And we're like, Louie. Yeah, right. Well, we got some answers from the good old Bell Banner in the same October 4th <laughs> edition. So this, I mean, you know the family That's saved what? this paper for years. Yeah. Hartzell returns from government trip. Louis Hartzell returned Friday evening after a 10-week field trip over nearly a score of states working as a code representative for the Railroad Cross Tie Administrative Agency out of Memphis. Look at the look on what? your face right now. <laughs> I just looked up and you're... <laughs> That's so what? funny. But let me, I'll continue. Mr. Hartzell's work is making wow. investigations for the government by which he is paid. He expects to resume his work about wow. the 15th after all committees have met and reported just what course should be followed by Mr. Hartzell after reports have been checked. Wow. So this is the second time the government has helped yeah. Elizabeth and her family. Because of his experience in tie buying, that- I guess he got to go around. What's a score? Four score and seven years ago. Mm. Is a score 20? Mm, I don't know the number. Four score and it's seven something years. Well, that's number. a lot of states. Yeah. I mean, and he'd been gone. And it's 10 weeks. For 10 weeks. So he's all over the place, probably inspecting lumber and then writing going, oh, this railroad didn't have good enough lumber or this was superior. Then this was in the Bell Banner. This was in the Bell Banner. That's wild. And that that was tells a, us so much right there. It tells us so much. That's a so lot much. of information. And so cool that he got another yes. government help. I'm telling you. Mm. And they gave him a car and everything. I think that's fantastic. It's part of the WPA. Um, of, of, I would assume. A hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. And he's hoping that it'll pick back up. So now yeah. we're back in another we're, wait and see. But hey, but at least still. he had a job doing what he used to do. Yeah. Tie, so that's got to make tie inspection the and whole buying. family feel good. Yeah. Okay. Right. And now. And it's playing see. out there in the Bell Banner. Yes. God, I love the Bell hey, Banner. Hey, we have a lot you coming know? up. This is, this is a Bell Banner episode. For Excellent. Sure. <laughs> Oh, and all of these articles and things that I mm-hmm. read will all be on our Patreon yeah. as soon as this episode drops. So you can go read them for yourself. Love you can it. look at the pictures I find. The Patreon's doing great, yeah. and we are so grateful for all you guys. Yes, thank so you. So let's see what's up with Elizabeth. October 1st, 1934. Went to school all day. Came home and sat around. Went after some milk. After supper, I took Francis up to school tonight. It started. I played for Leon to sing, went to town with Helen, got some candy. Francis is going to take typing and business English. The family may go to St. Louis tomorrow. Hmm. 
Okay, so here's another heart soul in the October 4th <laughs> edition of the Bell Banner. Okay. It says, 13 are enrolled in the typewriting course being offered here as an adult training program under the federal program. So this is Good another Lord. federal project. Yes, teach them to type. Yes. Business. Miss Zelma Deistelkamp is teacher. Those enrolled are, uh, well, I'm not going to name everybody, but Miss Frances Hartzell is one of them. Oh, and also in this group is Carl Wallace, whom we know and love, and Samuel Licklider, oh. who was our first guy who was killed in action oh, in World War II. Okay. Sweet, so he was in good the... looking Sam. His yeah. picture is on the gallery from whatever one or two episodes yeah. ago when we met him, but he's in the class. Okay. So we recognize Oh, and Harold Lang, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. threw that party at his house. Mm-hmm. He's taken typing too. So I think that's <laughs> kind of fun. But Zelma is teaching the class. She was born in Bell, Missouri in 1906. I have her mm-hmm. picture. Oh. She was a beautiful young lady, mm-hmm. and her father was the reverend of the Oak Grove Church. And I'm pretty sure Elizabeth mentions going to this okay. church for certain things. So um, he's the Deistel camp. In 1938, Zelma will marry Earl Owens, and he worked as a leather cutter, Mm -hmm. and they lived in St. Louis. They'll have two children, a boy and a girl, and she dies in 1977. But Earl Mm -hmm. lives on until 1992, and what's weird is that in his obituary, it doesn't mention anything about his wife. It talks mm. about how he survived by his kids mm-hmm. and some sisters and brothers, but not that he Were was preceded in death. I wondered, mm-hmm. but they're buried together. Oh, so well. again, that could just be yeah, like, right. You know. right. <laughs> but yeah. it doesn't look like he ever married again. But then again, that would be a record mm-hmm. after 1977 that mm-hmm. I do not have access to. Right. But Francis isn't the only other Hartzell mentioned in the October 4th Bell Banner. Oh, yeah? Because this caught my eye. There was a report about the honor rolls for grades five and six. And who makes the honor roll in the sixth grade? None other than Dean Hartzell. Okay, And so did Helen Hartzell for fifth grade. Aww. So, oh my God. So far, every member of the family practically has been mentioned in this October 4th (laughs) edition. Does she write? Right, that they were mentioned ever? No. So it was just a part of society. The yes. fact this was just It wasn't ingrained. even exciting that they were in right, the paper. Right. It was like a hand way of life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then in this very issue of mm-hmm. the Bell Banner, there's some tea and it Ooh. says four voted out. Two families discussed by Baptists last night. In a business meeting last night of the Bell Baptist Church, Mr. and Mrs. Charles Keeney and Mr. and Mrs. Floyd Barbaric were voted out and membership taken from them. What'd they do? Oh, you'll find out. All right. A small portion of the church membership was present. Mr. Keeney and Mr. Barbaric are proprietors of Keeney and Barbaric Cafe and recently added a stock of liquors. Oh, how dare they? (laughs) Ouster proceedings were adopted Tuesday night in a meeting of the board of deacons <laughs> i have fought the devil before and oh, i can dear. fight him alone now mr keeney told a representative <sighs> for this newspaper the keenies and barbaricks were active in the church mrs barbaric was the pianist and active in other church duties miss dorothy johnson was given her place 
You can't drink and love God at the same time. Apparently not in the Baptist church. <laughs> not then. Oh, that's terrible. But I love, I fought the devil before <laughs> and I can fight him alone now. <laughs> there you Mr. Go. Keeney was mad. Yeah, but you know, right. Mrs. Keeney mm-hmm. was probably so Hurt. embarrassed. Yeah. And she didn't get to be the pianist right. anymore. It kicked her out. <gasps> and little Guilt Dorothy Johnson takes her place. And Dorothy Johnson was a contemporary of Elizabeth. Okay. She's one of the Dorothys that is mentioned okay. in this diary. Yeah. She hangs out with Elizabeth. So yeah. some kid <laughs> has come along. Oh, my Aww. God. Did she, I bet she cried. I bet she and her husband didn't talk. I bet she he slept on the couch. Mm-hmm. But bless their hearts. They're, they own a little cafe, and they just want to have some... Some wine with dinner. Some Medora. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> some. But I was looking up Mr. Charles Keeney to learn about him, Mr. Feisty. Yeah. And I did find his obituary. He dies in 1947. He mm. died at the age of 69. And here's what I thought was interesting. Well, mm-hmm. his death was attributed to a blood clot that came on suddenly. He had had a hernia operation mm-hmm. and was even told, okay, you can go home, mm-hmm. but some blood clot that Yikes. Ugh, just got yeah. him. So a few minutes after he complained to his roommate of severe pain across his chest and described the pain as one he had never felt before, a nurse was called and he was placed in an oxygen tent. The end came quickly. Aww. I know. But it does say down here... When the family moved to Bell in 1914, Mr. Keeney bought the Bell Hotel, and later he owned the restaurant. Yes. Yep. 20 years ago, he formed a partnership with his son-in-law, Floyd Barbaric. So it was his son-in-law that got ousted with uh-huh. him. <laughs> uh-huh. And since that time, their business operations have been known as Keeney and Barbaric. In later years, they have conducted a general store in Bell. Now, here it goes mm. to say, funeral mm. services were conducted from the... The Bell Baptist Church. Oh, so he went back. Somehow. He gave up liquor. It must have. Mm-hmm. Because he suddenly repented. now he's back in the church. Mm-hmm. So I will have when to find died, out what maybe happens Maybe a month or so before then. he died, he conveniently <laughs> went back to the Lord. <laughs> Isn't that what Led Zeppelin said they were going to do? They were just going to sin they? like crazy and then repent and everything would be there, fine. Exactly. That yeah, works. I, yeah, it's a good plan. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> so Floyd was much younger, obviously, because mm-hmm. he was born in 1903, and he actually actually died two days before I was born. Oh, wow. He died on February 27th of 1968. He wow. had a stroke. So he died kind of young, too. Mm-hmm. And also in his obituary, mm-hmm. it mentioned that he was also had his funeral at the Baptist church. So okay, I well. don't know what they did to get back, but they did. October 2nd, 1934. Went to school today. Ate lunch by myself. The family went to St. Louis, and the kids took their lunch. Stayed for Glee Club, took Erlene and brought her a Coke. Dean, Helen, and I took Buddy downtown and got a Dixie cup for supper. The folks got back a little after seven, brought me an orange turtleneck sweater, Oxford gray sweater, and a tan and blue hat. Took Francis to school and went to church, got my hair cut, mailed an important letter today. Oh, yeah? What's that? Are you well, going to tell us? Do we I, know? This doesn't tell us yeah. what it is. Okay. But I get the feeling if she's pining for Bill, yeah. and they used to write a lot of letters, yeah. maybe she she's wrote to, to him. Bill, mm-hmm. or maybe to Rex, because she also has mm-hmm. a big crush on Rex. Mm-hmm. The wrestler? And Rex is the boxer. boxer. But Rex is out of town, so maybe, I don't know, she doesn't say. But maybe this will give us a little bit of a hint. I don't know. The next day. Mm-hmm. October 3rd, 1934. 
got an answer to my letter at noon. Billy came over and set my hair at noon, stayed for Glee Club, came home and went to town. Virginia came and we went to the ball game to see Bell play champs. We won 18 to 15, walked to town with Bill, met Bernard and he took me to town and bought me a candy bar. Gee, I'm so... question mark, question mark. <laughs> so if she got an answer to her letter at noon, yeah. then it was a local. I do believe, Very yes. local, so I think it's Bill. But so here she is walking with Bill, yeah. and she met Bernard, and now she's confused. She's like, obviously she didn't get yeah. an answer she wanted, wanted. from whomever mm-hmm. she sent this letter to, because she doesn't seem excited about it. Right. So that's a little mystery. How do you get a letter to somebody that quickly? Well, you just took it to the post you office. Take it and, and that's and, it. And a and lot it, of times you'll hear her say, I went to get the mail. Yeah. So maybe it didn't come to the front door. You went yeah. and picked it up at okay. the, and well, they put it in that little clue. box. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, but it would happen real fast. Yeah. Okay. I mean, why not? Especially if it, it was next and, door. And Billy, if she pops Bill. in and says, Do I have mail? And there are only 600 people in yeah. this town. And he goes, Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. Okay. So bless her heart. October 6th, 1934. After supper, we went to church. I played piano for Francis and Mother to sing Follow the Gleam. Gee, I'm starved for the company of Bill. Aww, I'm starved for the company of Bill. She's just really, they didn't get along. He was drinking. Right. But I guess she's just so lonely. Yeah, it And not as popular as she used to be. And again, where's Lil? And not as many people here, it seems. It seems like not as active. Not as active. It seems like a lot of walks to here and walk to there, but not as much fun as she was having. But I did find Follow the Gleam. Yeah, what's that about? It's a hem. Okay. And it's lovely. And I'm going to play a little snippet for all y'all now. October 7th, 1934. Went to Sunday school and church this morning and wore my new outfit. Francis and I took Mother and Fred out to the Fonvilles and listened to part of the World Series game. I took Bernice riding and got Miss Muldrow, went to the drugstore. Aura and Virginia came and we all went to Bland and to Dots a few minutes. Erlene, John Hall, and Eugene Smith from St. James came, had cake and hamburgers and ice cream, went riding to Owensville. He's cute. <laughs> which okay, one? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know which one she thinks is cute. But I was interested in this World Series yeah, game. Right? And yeah. the 31st uh-huh. edition of the World Series matched the St. Louis Cardinals oh. against the Detroit Tigers. So they were playing just down the road? Well, is I, that right? I, you know, you go back and Louis? forth. Yeah, yeah. But it's still on the radio, no matter where uh, they're playing the game. Right. But the Cardinals won that World Series in oh. seven games for their third championship in eight years. Wow. So that would be super exciting for yeah, the Bell, because sure. St. Louis was right is right there. there. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's meet these people. John Hall was born about 1911 to Owen and Ollie Hall, and he's 23 years old when we find him in this group of kids. He's living in St. James, Missouri, and he's living at the Missouri State Federal Soldier's Home. Oh, and I first that- At first, on the census, it said institution, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. what? Oh, 
Uh, Is he like (laughs) on parole? But his father was the superintendent of this thing. And the Federal Soldiers Home Association was incorporated in St. Louis in 1894 to establish a home for Union veterans. Oh. It was established by the Women's Relief Corps and the Grand Army of the Republic and the citizens of St. James, Missouri. They raised $77,000 for the purchase and improvement of the Dunmore Mansion, which is... Like what? every ghost like a, story yeah, right? ever. An it was, asylum? Oh, it's it's a beautiful Victorian mm, mansion okay. that the city bought and turned into a relief Where home. Where is this? It's in St. James, Missouri. I definitely have a picture of it. Oh, cool. It just looks like mm-hmm. the haunting of Hill House. Cool. I mean, it's just a beautiful home. In 1896, the home had 18 residents, and it was transferred from the Women's Relief Corps to the state of Missouri, who maintained the home after mm. that. By 1920, the grounds included two dormitories, two barracks, a hospital building, a commissary, a power plant, a laundry, a chapel, and an administration building. 100 years after the construction of this original home, it was torn down. Uh So the home shut down in about 1966 was when everything went south for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was really cool. And that his dad was maintaining it and he got to live in that mansion, which is kind of cool. By 1940, John Hall has married someone else in this little diary entry, Little Miss Earlene Johnson. No way. Yes. She <laughs> was the one who sang in the Glee Club with Elizabeth. Uh, we met her in last episode. They get episode. married? Yes. And they end up living in Cape Girardeau, oh. which is pretty cool. But they were, Earlene and uh, obviously John, were the ones who had that baby in 1936 who died, died. in infancy. Yeah. And it was so sad. But they did yeah. go on to have three other yeah. children. Okay. And in 1950, John is the partner of a lending company, and he dies in 1996. Mm. So when she goes, he's cute, Mm -hmm. maybe she knows John and Earlene are already a couple, and she thinks Eugene Eugene. is cute. Mm -hmm. And Eugene Smith was born in October of 1913 to the farmer Robert and his wife Irene. He was in a big family of 10 people. In 1940, he's still living at home, but he marries very shortly after after that to a woman named Dora May because he's listed as married on his World War II draft card and as employed by the WPA. Mm-hmm. He and Dora have four children, and he dies in 1983. By the time he dies, mm-hmm. he has a wife with a different name. Uh-huh. So I don't know because records. Yeah. When all chaos happened yeah. after 1950, I don't know what happened. Yeah. After it's only two years after this entry that John and Erlene will get married. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. October 11th, 1934. The Queen of the Fair was announced. It was Lorraine Whithouse, sophomore. After school, I stayed for Glee Club. Mabel brought Erlene and me home from town. Well, there's nothing to say, but I wish I could say something about God, question she, mark exclamation point doing question to mark. <laughs> Why she do that? She just will not tell the diary about <laughs> Bill because yeah. I don't because she knows people will read it. Yeah, and I think she thinks Francis Dean and Helen would be like, yeah, exactly. Like That's it. I but think you we will. It. Yes, we will recall in last episode in September they had picked a girl from each class to run mm-hmm. as this little parade float queen, mm-hmm. Lil. Terrell was one of them. Mm-hmm. We know all their heights and weights. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So little uh, Lil didn't cut little it. Little Lil. 
Miss Lorraine gets it. And by the way, she was five feet tall and weighed 100 pounds. Little Lorraine. So let's meet little tiny Lorraine. She was born in 1919 to E.E. and Helen Whithouse. He was a farmer. And in 1940, she marries Emmett Slinkman. They don't have a child until 1950. So it took them a while to start a family. They had Mm. a little boy and her husband was a high school teacher and he died suddenly of a heart attack in 1963. Mm. His obituary, or it said in the paper, he'd come home from work, from Mm -hmm. teaching. He was sitting on his lawn. His Mm -hmm. wife brought him a cup of coffee and he slumped dead of a heart attack. So poor Lorraine. Yeah. I mean, and they just had a little 13-year-old child. Oh, dear. So that had to be really difficult for her. But it's okay. In 1969, she will marry again to a man named Raymond Homefelt. And Raymond had served in World War II in the Navy. He had also been married before, and his wife Florence had died unexpectedly of a heart attack in 1969. Mm. The same year he marries Lorraine. So, yes. Yeah, his wife dies in January of 1969, and in May, he's marrying Lorraine. (laughs) He didn't wait around. So, you know... He just needed someone to love him. Anyway. uh, um, We'll say that. Lorraine, yes. (laughs) Lorraine's son, Roy, was born in 1950. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge chance Mm -hmm. he's still alive and well well, and listening to this podcast. Hey. Uh, Hi, Roy. Call us, Roy. Yeah, call us up. Tell us all about your mom and dad. Yeah. And then there was an article in the Bell Banner about the Glee Club, Mm -hmm. and it didn't mention Mm -hmm. our girl. Oh, It says, 26 high school girls meet regularly for music. Music is playing an important part in the education of students Mm -hmm. at the high school this year under Mm -hmm. the direction of Miss Madge Ream, member of the faculty. A girls' quartet has been organized and booty booty blah blah. It Mm -hmm. mentions all these 26 girls and not Elizabeth. And I thought that was really curious. We'll find out why in another couple of entries. Oh, but then there was another little tidbit Mm -hmm. in the Bell Banner. Mrs. E.C. Biles had a birthday Wednesday. Even a banner representative could find out no more. <laughs> <laughs> wow. She was in seclusion so with that she, birthday. She had a secret Hidden. party. Yeah. <laughs> she she didn't want the paparazzi there. That's right. That's Louie's mom. Wait a minute, what? Louie Biles, who was in the CCC, has Elizabeth's birthday. But I thought even a banner representative (laughs) hiding in those bushes. Couldn't report anymore. That's all we have. (laughs) And and then I saw this one and I thought, oh my God. Okay, it says aged resident ill. William McDaniels, aged resident of the city of Lynn, is reported seriously ill at his home. He is over 90 years of age. Little hope is held for his recovery <laughs> well yeah oh i hope he didn't read seriously that say wait a minute hold on i've got another five years people <laughs> or newspaper he ha- he, or he's like hey nurse read me the bell banner <laughs> <laughs> and she's like mom i'll skip this um, article yeah oh <laughs> poor william <laughs> it's like i'm not dead yet <laughs> right i'm not dead yet <laughs> october 15th 1934 Came home after school and got Francis and went to town and got a new notebook. Went to church tonight, sat with Bill and Mabel. Francis and I got a card from Velma wanting us to come down for the weekend, but we can't because Francis is too busy. Today is Lil's 18th birthday. I wish we could go see Velma. So it's Lil's 18th birthday, but they're not hanging out with her? Yeah, are they not? God, 
that just makes me so sad. Well, they were best friends. Yeah, they wrote way to back her when. all the time. Yeah, and well, I, it I, just I, goes to show you. I still think it's Ray. What do you mean that stole Lil? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That they're dating and yeah. she's spending all this of her guy's time the with boy. him. It's the boy. But we know Velma because she was yeah. Miss Fonville's granddaughter. Ah, right. And as we will recall, Mr. and Mrs. Fonville had adopted a child yes. who would marry into the Underwood family. Yes. And Velma, had, when she gets married, Frances is her only bridesmaid. Oh. We had that little article, too. Right. So I thought that was interesting. Yes. But then in the October 18th episode mm-hmm. of The Bell Banner, which is just a couple of days after they were talking about Velma, mm-hmm. it says, Fonville's injured in car crash oh, no. Sunday. No, don't. Well, we know okay. Mrs. Fonville yeah, dies she... of a heart attack right. later, okay. but this is still a really sad article. Mm-mm. Mr. and Mrs. S.E. Fonville were injured with other members of their family in an accident between Vichy and Rolla Sunday in which a child is believed to have died oh. as a result. Oh, dear. Little hope was left for the child's recovery Sunday evening at the Rolla Hospital where it was taken after the accident. Oh. It was riding in the other automobile Mm -hmm. with three men. The car was driven by a man named Davis of the Bend vicinity. The accident occurred around one o'clock. Yikes, Mrs. Fonville. So it turns out the Fonville's car was struck by the other car, so it wasn't even their fault. fault. But a little baby in the other car died. Oh, it's so sad. Rolla was right where Route 66 went through. Oh, that's right, because that's where we thought that highway girl was. That's right. Gussie's highway girl. Gussie's highway, Henrietta. Mrs. Fonville got broken bones in her chest, and Mr. Fonville suffered deep cuts to his mouth when his teeth broke in the impact. Oh, I'm surprised she didn't write about that. I'm really kind of surprised, too. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's funny the things mm. that happen in the paper that she doesn't mm-hmm. write about. Mm-hmm. But also in the October 18th Bell Banner, they will have a full page talking about the parade that's coming up. Mm-hmm. It has the prizes listed. It has all the categories. of. They'll have a quilting section. They'll have Neat. the baked goods. It's just a How huge cool. fair yeah. taking place at the Bell High School. Uh-huh. And because of that, there was a photo of the Bell High School in the newspaper. Oh, good. It's a horrible picture. Okay. But it's a very... I don't know if the building is still standing. It says, uh, the picture caption says, View of the Bell High School, where the sixth annual school and community fair promises to be in full swing Friday and Saturday. So it's just a big square block. It looks like it's three stories tall, though. Okay. So we'll hopefully we'll find it yeah. somewhere else. Uh, yeah. But you see lots of fun things, like you'll win $12 for the best float. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. And they have wrestling contests and broad jumps. So I mm-hmm. hope they publish a list of all the winners. Mm-hmm. But we'll see if that's coming up in a future Bell Banner. Hey, y'all. My name is Cambria from North Little Rock, Arkansas. And welcome to another episode of My Grandmother's Diaries. October 19th, 1934. Stayed for a class meeting after school and was nominated on the committee to help fix the float for the fair. Came home and practiced the rest of the afternoon on my solo and quartet accompaniment. After supper, I went to church with the folks. I shook hands with the preacher and promised to do better. (laughs) How could she do better? I mean, come on. We're she's all so going kind to... and so sweet. I mean, mm-hmm. if she's the standard exactly. and she's not holding it up, that's right. We're all doomed. We're all, yeah. Bless her heart, but I hate that she feels <laughs> that way about I know. herself. Yeah. And I think as we go. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. 
this Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Long and I'm working on the next episode too. Mm-hmm. She's getting the blues a lot. Is she? She is. And I, I yeah. think we're going to start seeing a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, she's got the fair coming up and that'll be fun. October 21st, 1934. Went to Sunday school and church this morning. We had dinner there. Went back to church later. Some people from Jefferson City were there to help us with CE work. I played for Mother and Francis to sing. Atwell brought me home. Willard wanted to. I like Atwell. <laughs> the CE is a church thing. Okay, what is it? What do you, a church? It's, what do you mean? What is it? It's like, like um, church work. It, no, it means like Christian Endeavors. It's okay. like the Christian Endeavors program. I, I think see. those are the right words. It took me forever to Google it. I was wondering. And yeah, I right. finally found it mentioned mm-hmm. in a future paper, but oh. that's what that means. So it's just, okay. it's a church organization. Gotcha. But Atwell and Willard. Yeah. So we actually just met Atwell. Atwell. Well, because most people called him by his first name, yeah. Emmett Slinkman. Oh. <laughs> so it was Emmett Atwell, Atwell Slinkman, Slinkman, and she's calling him Atwell, but when he marries Lorraine, a lot of people still call him Emmett. Okay. So he's the one who dies too tragically young. And we've also already met Willard. Mm-hmm. We met him when we met his mother, Mary Dykes. The first time Mrs. Dykes is mentioned, Elizabeth is going over to her house to mm-hmm. hear Doug, who I'll never find, yeah, sing on the, the radio. DJ. Or, yeah. And yeah. And this was in the story where Mrs. Dykes' husband was in the hospital at the same time as his son. Yes. And his son dies, and he can't go to the funeral. That son was Willard. Weird. Yeah. So wow. we've already met him, too. That's so weird. I know. So two guys mm-hmm. that she's in this car with, right, or that wanted to take mm-hmm. her home right now, yeah, right. are going to die tragically Isn't, young. God, that's Isn't weird. that interesting? So does mm-hmm. she. So does she. Uh, so I thought that was just... You, you always say, I can see the future. Mm-hmm. And but I you feel really it can. so much when I read I'll bet these. when you and read I, these. And especially when you see their names mentioned again. Like sure. every time from here on out when they yeah. talk about Sam Licklider. Yeah. You're going to know. Uh, I just think, oh, how, so Sam was so full of life. Happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, breaks my heart. October 22nd, 1934. Went to school with Francis after supper and attended a float meeting. We decided, hitch your wagon to a star. Atwell and Harold walked with us to our house, stood out in the front, and talked. 
I wish we had a picture of this float that yeah, they're going to no make. Kidding. Hitch a wagon to a Hitch star. Hitch a wagon How to a star. Cute. Harold, who yeah. walked home with her, he's the guy who threw the party. He's okay. Harold Lang, right. okay. and he's in the typing class with Francis. Mm-hmm. Oh, and on a much lighter note, I have an on this day. Oh, good. On this day, October 24th of 1934, the very first recording of Santa Claus is Coming to Town was debuted. Cool. It became a huge hit, and within 24 huh. hours, 500,000 copies of it were sold. Wow. It was the Taylor Swift era yeah, album of yeah, its day. Santa Claus, baby. <laughs> so that's really cool. And I found an original recording of uh-huh. it from 1934. Mm. It sounds a little different from the one that we're used to, and I'm going to play a little snippet Yay. right now. I just come back from a lovely trip along the Milky Way. I stopped off at the North Pole to spend a holiday. I called on dear old Santa Claus to see what I could see. He took me to his workshop and told his plans to me. So you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town. October 25th, 1935. Worked on the float. We made cute paper clusters. Our float won. We get to have the fair queen on it. Cool. I know. Isn't that neat? Yeah. So little Lorraine Whithouse is going to ride. And little Terrell doesn't get to. (laughs) Yeah, right. October 26th, 1934. Went and got the float. We rode on the parade. It was a big thrill. After the parade, I played for the glee club. Violet had a solo. I helped serve dinner. I took Louise, came home with Francis and Belma. After supper, we went up to the program, waited for Willard to go to the debate meeting. Then we came back and sat on the porch. So mm-hmm. now it makes sense why she's not a member of the Glee Club. Mm-hmm. She just plays uh, for them. Oh, uh, now it so makes sense. So could why that Bell Banner have said accompanying it? Yeah. But also probably Dorothy Johnson would play for them sometimes because mm-hmm. there sometimes. are a lot of piano players mm-hmm. around here. Mm-hmm. But that's what it is. She's not singing. She's just playing. She's playing for them. October twenty seventh, nineteen thirty four. Rode on the float in the parade again this morning. It was so cold. The floats were judged, and ours won first prize. Got home for dinner, went to the ball game a while, sat in the car with Louise, Hannah, and Gladys Bledsoe. After supper, we went to the play, The Ghost Chaser. Willard brought me home. We went for a little ride, talked in front of the house. Mm. All right, maybe Willard is there mm-hmm. to take her mind off a of bill. That's mm-hmm. nice. Hey, mm-hmm. I tried to find the play, The Ghost Chaser. Yeah, and I guess no. maybe it was an original play. Maybe nothing comes nothing. up, hmm. so that's so sad. But we hmm. do meet these girls. Yeah. Okay. So Louise and Hannah are sisters, and they're also sisters with Zelma that we met earlier because they are Deistelkamp girls. Zelma Deistelkamp okay. taught typing. Yeah. Okay. And now we're meeting her sisters, Louise gotcha. and Hannah. Hannah. So this is so this means these are all daughters of that reverend ah. from the Little Oak Grove Church. In 1940, she and her sister are both still living at home, but Louise is working as a secretary, mm-hmm. and she marries a man named Eugene Dixon in 1946, and they move to Merrimack, Missouri, and they have three children, and she lives to be a nice ripe old age. She dies in 2002. Mm. Now, her sister Hannah is a complete mystery 
to me. Elizabeth calls her Hannah quite clearly in the mm-hmm. diary. In the 1940 census, she's listed as Hannah W. Deistelkamp, mm-hmm. but then I can't find her on anything hmm. else. Even when I go to her parents and on Find a Grave and mm-hmm. it lists it lists yeah, yeah. all their children yeah, but not for a Hannah? single Hannah. Huh. I can't find that she died any time earlier. But I do know based on the nineteen forty census yeah. what year she was born. Okay. And when I look at their listed children, yeah. they did have a daughter born in that same year, but her name was Anne Naomi. And that's real different from Hannah. Well so Is it? I Anna uh, I mean, I mean, but there she's Hannah W. in the 1940 census, so not even the initials are the same. I know. Huh. So, and honestly, on that list, there isn't even a Louise. Uh huh. So maybe well, she maybe went by like like Elizabeth, Mary Elizabeth. Betty. She goes yeah, by. Right. So many people go by middle names. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Either that, or aliens were busy kidnapping the Dystal Cups. Could be. So. Could very well be. But Gladys Bledsoe is a name that is very familiar to us mm-hmm. because her sister Belle Bledsoe mm-hmm. was Gussie Terrell's second wife. Okay. Remember we? Wow. Yeah, Elizabeth just met him and his yeah. wife Flossie, yeah. Flossie Craig, yeah. and her little two-year-old son. But as we know, that marriage uh-huh. dissolves. Oh, this year in, in 1934, or maybe it's in 1936. <laughs> I'm not, I can't really remember. But they won't be married long, and then he marries Belle Bledsoe. All right. And as we will recall, Belle yeah. had a real serious illness mm-hmm. and was hospitalized mm-hmm. while Gussie was in World War II, stationed mm-hmm. in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And there was an article in the paper that said he couldn't come home to visit because he couldn't get leave. And they were all worried about his wife, but she recovered. And then they threw a handkerchief party for her mm-hmm. right before she moved to Oklahoma <laughs> to live with Gussie. And then she died of kidney failure in 1951. Mm. So that was super sad. But her sister Gladys is the one we're meeting today. She was born in 1916, and she and Belle were one of seven children of Alan and Minty Bledsoe. In 1938, she marries a man named Ed Wilson, and by 1940, they're living in Washington, Missouri, where he is working in a shoe factory, and they'll have two kids right off the bat. They'll end up having three children in all, Edward dies in 1970, but Gladys died in 1956, just horribly young like her sister. So, oh gosh. But of these three children that she had with Ed, Mm -hmm. uh, one of them died in 2017, and the other two must still be alive. Wow. So if y'all are listening to the podcast- Give us a call. Give us a call. Maybe you have better pictures of Gussie. Because yeah, we only seriously. have that one from the newspaper. Yeah. But yeah, so both the Bledsoe girls uh-huh. oh, so died within six years of each other. Yeah. October 31st, 1934. After Glee Club, I went over to the old schoolhouse building and helped fix it up for the party. Daddy took me over there early. I received everyone and told them a scary story and then led them through a haunted house, played games and had a good time, talked to Bill told him I was sorry about the letter. I didn't know he was in love. Willard brought me home. Oh, my. Oh, my. So, so we were right. Mystery solved. She wrote to Bill. She probably was like, I still love yeah. you. Oh, and then that woman he, on Apple what? Podcasts hates it when I use that voice. Well, I still love you, don't, Bill. <laughs> hey, woman. Hey, lady on Apple. It's fine if she doesn't like my little silly voice. Honestly, I don't even. Re- I didn't even know I was doing it necessarily until i read her review and then i was like oh whatever <laughs> whatever it's fine Shut um, up, <laughs> that- <clears throat> it's perfectly fine but 
Yes. So she must have written him a little love letter. But who mm-hmm. is he in love with? I didn't know he was in love. It's not Victoria, his ex-girlfriend, is it? Mm-hmm. Who knows who mm-hmm. Bill's in love with? Mm-hmm. But, ah, uh, so sad. Mm-hmm. November 3rd, 1934. Worked this morning. Billy was over here a while. After he left, we went over and listened to Doug. After dinner, I took Helen to get her some shoes. It rained all afternoon. After supper, Willard came by and we went to a ball game at Bland. Stella, Earl, and Charles were there. It was the best ever. Uncle Sam died this morning. (laughs) What? What the what is that? I mean, like... I love it when she's writing this very, like, <laughs> yes. this is a great day. Oh, and by the and way... And then there's that. <laughs> the baby died, yeah. or my Uncle Sam Other than died. that, Mrs. Lincoln, um, how here, is the show? I have a picture of Uncle Sam. I've, oh. This is, I never show you pictures, but I wanted to give yeah. this image. Oh, look Doesn't at he, Sam. He looks like an old Southern, like, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, he does. You know, just... Give, he really does. And this um, picture, when, based on what he's wearing, mm-hmm. it, the, with that tie, yeah. it has to be at the turn of the century. Yeah, right. So I don't know what baby he's holding right. in his hand. Well, so, was he an Underwood? He, he must he, have been. He was. Okay. Uncle Sam is George Underwood's brother. Okay. And the father of Fred Underwood. Okay. And the grandfather of sweet little Billy. And he was born in April of 1843. Mm. At some point, he'll marry a woman named Nancy, and together they will have 14 children, and 13 of them will live to adulthood. Mm. So that, the odds of that are pretty slim. So good, they got some healthy family. Mm. In 1870, Sam is just a farm worker, Mm -hmm. but by 1880, he's done whatever he needs to do to own his own farm, and he will be a farmer his whole life. He dies in 1934 Mm -hmm. at the age of 91, and he looks... Very stoic and just like out of central casting, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Now, of course, we know Stella in this group. That is Stella Terrell, and she's Gussie and Lil's little sister. Mm -hmm. And the woman who will end up marrying our pugilist, Rex Wallace. Mm. In this diary entry, she's only 14 years old. Stella? Mm Mm-hmm. I can't find an Earl who would be Uh age appropriate to be hanging out with Elizabeth and Stella. Yeah. The only one I could find would have been 23 at the time. Although, I mean, that happens. And then we're going to meet Mr. Charles. Yeah. He's the only Charles in town who's the appropriate age. Mm. Charles Taylor was born in 1919 to Oscar and Georgia. His dad was a mechanic in town, and Charles ends up heading off to college. But unfortunately, at the age of 19, he starts getting sick. And this is not unnoticed by the bell banner. <laughs> and this is the article that I found about Charles. Well, actually, I found it in a future article. Mm-hmm. But anyway... Charles Taylor, 19 years old, son of Mr. and Mrs. Oscar Taylor, succumbed Wednesday night in St. Luke's Hospital in St. Louis. His health had been failing four or five years ago, and he submitted to operations then, later received treatment at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester and from other surgeons of national reputation. His disease was never diagnosed, and he was observed by doctors in the hope that a cure might be affected. He entered the hospital again several months ago, and it was thought for a time that he would rally. He did show improvement, and two weeks ago it was thought a cure was in sight. He grew weaker, however, surviving only by an unusually strong heart. Mrs. Taylor is just recovering from pneumonia, which she contracted because of the tireless strength caring for Charles. The father and brother, John, were also with him. He is also survived by a grandfather, Charles Phillips of Bell. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So Charlie dies five years after this diary entry Aye. where he's sitting at a ball game with Aww. Elizabeth. Wow. Isn't that sad? Yeah. That's, yeah. And the fact that they put in here that his mom had pneumonia because yeah. she was just, she oh. probably never slept. She's doing everything yeah. for him. Oh, sleeping in a little chair. You know, they weren't <laughs> comfortable. Bless her heart. How sad. 19. November 4th, 1934. Went to Sunday school this morning. After dinner, I got the car to go out to Grove Hall with Leon and Francis to hear Pete preach. We got Velma. Willard came along, so I went with him. We got his parents. Pete preached. Then we came back by Willard's. Looked at rings and pictures. He walked home with me. After supper, I went to CE, reorganized a junior department, and I am sponsor of it. Willard came. We took Ken and Stella over to her house. Went to church over to the Baptists. I like him more all the time. (laughs) So we get to meet yet another Wallace. Okay. And I spent forever looking for this guy's info, not because I couldn't find him right away, but uh-huh. because his life got twisty. Uh-huh. But Kenneth Harrison Wallace is born in 1921. He is Carl and Roland's little brother. Mm-hmm. So Stella just loves herself a Wallace boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank God this isn't uh, mm-hmm. Ken's brother, Rex. Uh, so he's uh, Carl and Roland's. Mm-hmm. And he grew up three doors down mm-hmm. from little Stella Terrell. His dad was a produce dealer. And he registers for World War II at the age of 21. He's a single man at that time, and he's listed as being 5'10", with brown hair and brown eyes. In 1941, he takes his girlfriend, Jessamine Baker, to Cuba, Missouri, and elopes with her. She's the daughter of a doctor in Bell. Kenneth does actually go to World War II, which is probably Mm. why they eloped, one of those Mm -hmm. war bride moments. And in their marriage announcement, it looks like his first station was Fort Mm -hmm. Leonard Wood, and that's where he and his wife would be living. He has an interesting little time in the service. In 1943, he's an aviation cadet in Miami, Florida. Mm -hmm. And then later that year, he's transferred to Columbia, Missouri, where he'll be studying at the university. And sometime before 1950, he divorces Jessamine. Because on the 1940 census, she's living at home with her mom and dad and her son, Donald, Mm -hmm. who was born in 1943. Mm-hmm. So she could have been living there while he's moving around. Mm-hmm. But by 1950, it's over. She's listed as being divorced on that census. In the April 1953 social section of the Bell Banner, Kenneth is visiting his families for the holidays with a friend from college okay. from Howard Payne University. That's mm-hmm. where he was going. So clearly, mm-hmm. if he's bringing a friend home, he ain't got no wife anymore. Mm-hmm. Also in the 1950s, he gets a job in Minnesota with a geology study, and he and his new wife, whose maiden name is Young, but I can't, they called her Mrs. Uh-huh. Kenneth, so I couldn't find out who she was. There's even something in the 1950 Bell Banner where when he's moving to Minnesota she's his new wife is going to visit him but she's stopping off in Texas to visit her family Mm -hmm. the Youngs Mm -hmm. so that's how I know her maiden name but Mm. couldn't find her anywhere Mm. but even at one point Kenneth ends up living in Alaska where he is abducted by aliens because he's gone he's gone no gravestones no obituaries well you move to alaska you can't expect much more but i spent a lot of time just having kenneth wallace as my name suggestion in newspapers.com yeah and then bell missouri and then just changing the dates 
just to try to keep keep up with this guy because he wow. was all these little things I've just told wow. you about were little articles I found wow. in the Bell Banner. That's, wild. That's how I followed this man's whole life. That's amazing. And I love the fact that even though he, because the Wallaces are such a big family, like uh-huh. Bell Wallace is apparently the town was named uh-huh. for her, right? So they're such a big family that all their little goings yeah. on, a- anytime they come in town to visit family or family's going to visit mm. them. It's all in the Bell Banner. This paper. Uh, it's has, a godsend it, for us. I don't know what I'm going to do if right. they ever leave Bell. Yeah, right. <laughs> November 5th, 1934. Went to school this morning. Didn't go this afternoon. Francis and I went up to Uncle Sam's funeral. Went to the cemetery with Velma, Boyd, Billy, and Zola May. Helen and I went to town and to the Fonvilles after supper. So I guess I know that Uncle Sam wasn't living in Bell, mm-hmm. but I guess being from Bell, he came back there to be buried. But mm-hmm. this caught my eye mm-hmm. in that I was looking for his obituary and stuff. And this is from the November 1st Bell Banner. Mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Charles Keeney have purchased a new Chevrolet automobile. All right. <laughs> so it looks like selling the liquor is doing oh, fine Oh, those are the liquor them. people, right? They, yes. They were one of those four people who got okay. kicked out of the Baptist right. church. But, you know, they landed on their feet. I'll bet they did. (laughs) I think that's funny. That's funny. (laughs) November 10th, 1934. Listened to Doug and helped Francis bake a cake this morning. After dinner, I sat around, cleaned up, and went downtown after a lot of dilly-dallying around. Fred fixed some taps on my shoes. After supper, I took Mother and the kids to town, rode around a little, Came home, played the piano, and worked a crossword puzzle. All right. Lots. So she's getting some taps on her shoes. Yeah, right. I wonder Is if she tap dance? Um, think? Apparently. If, or maybe it's a trendy she's thing. Like the girls are putting like taps tapping. on their shoes. Yeah, just like walking. You, when you put pennies in penny yeah, loafers, yeah, yeah. maybe it's a little thing. Right. But that would be so obnoxious on the hardwood floors. That would be floors. very obnoxious. <laughs> tap, tap, tap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she also, was always doing something. Always doing something. But this uh, worked a crossword puzzle. I interviewed your mom yes. and her twin sister for the Patreon for bonus episodes. And I asked them questions like, what did you get from your mom? Mm-hmm. You know, what little things? And one of the things your Aunt Carolyn said was mm-hmm. crossword puzzles. Yeah. That oh, Elizabeth was it. always doing them yeah. and they love them. Yeah. So I always yeah. love it when I see her working a crossword yeah, puzzle because it right. makes me think mm-hmm. that to, to this day, Absolutely. I love they a love crossword. It. I love word puzzles too. Yeah. So. Yeah. I used to play words with friends with, with your mom, mom yeah. for years, and I then know. I got off Facebook and got off work yeah. with friends. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We had so many. We would have like they five games words. going at one time. Yeah, yeah I'll bet. <laughs> it was so much fun. <laughs> November 12th, 1934. Went to school all day, went by town, came home, and had to go again. After supper, the committee of the CE met over here. Mrs. Waddell came and helped me. I told each one their duties. I'm so sleepy now. There are quite a few things planned for the rest of this month. It seems like I'm busy all the time and yet have nothing to do. <laughs> so just we were just going saying through that. the motions, How, I guess. Yeah, but it's very true. She's constantly yeah. doing something, but it's not fulfilling. Yeah, right. Ah, right. It doesn't seem like it. Which is so weird. But in Step Rock, can't wait to get out of here. But there was always something to do. Right. You certainly weren't idle. Right. Such a change. How interesting. Makes you think. But Mrs. Waddell was the wife of the reverend who spoke at Grandma's funeral. Okay. So that's how I recognize that name. Right. November 13th, 1934. Stayed after school for Glee Club. Went with Dot in her car to collect telephone bills. 
After supper, Francis and I went to a party at Bud Wayman's. He was having it for his two boy cousins. We could do anything, but didn't play any games. Of course, a good time was had by all. Willard brought me home and stayed just a few minutes. So uh, this is interesting. They're driving around collecting mm-hmm. telephone bills, mm-hmm. which is so fun mm-hmm. to think. I wonder what they mm-hmm. get paid, like a cut yeah, of every what? bill. Yeah, I never even But they have to knock on doors and go, here's your phone bill. bills. Like people just didn't go down to the telephone right. office and pay for them. Yeah. Or maybe they were delinquent, which would be even worse. Well, it just That'd says be a hard job. Went in her car to collect telephone bills. Do you mm-hmm. think they were collecting payments? Yes. Yeah. 100%. Right. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Yeah, that is. Why but, didn't they just go to Venmo? Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, why, yeah, why come cash app it? Really? <laughs> <laughs> but Bud Wayman, Bud Wayman is actually Raymond Wayman, who is Alberta Wayman's brother. And we've met her earlier. He's the one who took his own life in the garage in the yeah. car while his dad was asleep. Okay. So, so, yeah. so and I, when I was like, oh, wow. who's this guy? As soon as I saw oh his my. name, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. And that'll also be about five years from now. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, that's so weird. That's just too weird. Well, he had an illness, and okay. I don't know yeah. if it was mental or uh-huh. physical, but right. it, maybe he had some, I don't know, Something. but whatever it is, it brought him down, mm. and he didn't want to live with it. So, and it was his party they were at on November 13th, 1934. Oh, so sad. <laughs> we had a lot of sad ones this time. Yeah, really. November 14th, 1934. After supper, I went to prayer meeting with the family. There were quite a few there, and we had an extraordinary program. I played for Mother to sing an evening prayer. Willard was there and brought me home. He didn't even come in, but hurried home. Hmm. Well, I yeah. do have a little snippet of an evening prayer hymn, so I'm going to play that for everybody. It's a hymn? It's a little hymn, right? Mm. Uh, her mom's always singing. Yeah. Her and Frances, we've talked about them, uh-huh. singing duets. Her mom is I too. think it's lovely. Yeah. But anyway, here's the little hymn for y'all all to enjoy. If I have wounded some poor soul today, if I If I have walked in my own way, dear Lord, forgive. And then I can tell she's upset that he didn't even come in but hurried home. Yeah, right. And all I could think was he had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> well. <laughs> And he was like, bye, I gotta Could go. Be. Yeah. <laughs> Bless his heart. Willard. But she probably took it personally, and he was yeah. probably like, okay, okay, I gotta bye. Go, bye. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't talk about things like that in polite company. <laughs> <laughs> November 15th, 1934. Had my picture taken at school today and filled an order for my senior class ring. They're so cute. Dot and I collected again after school. After supper, I went with Francis to typing and typed the CE program for Sunday night and talked to a bunch of kids there a while. So I remember when I first read this entry mm-hmm. months ago, mm-hmm. when we were first exploring this diary, mm-hmm. I immediately called you and said, yeah, who has the ring? I remember. And nobody knew. And then y'all and then found boom. it in a box. Yep. 
And yep. I'm, just, I'm just saying it fits me perfectly. It does. I, totally. It's very small. It's, it's, it's a teeny small. little It has ring. a blue stone, yep. right? It's quite lovely. Yeah. We'll put a picture of it up. A hundred percent. We'll have to get that picture. Okay. But somebody needs to be wearing that ring. You should give yeah. it to one of those begging yeah, girls. Somebody. somebody should have it. Well, um, it... I don't know if anybody really knew that it existed until recently. Exactly. And, I mean, I think it was just sort of like one of those things, just sort of around. Yes, and so is that necklace that I'm not going to talk about yes. here that we'll talk Correct. about in the future. And That's that, right. I mean, as soon as I saw those are like, yeah. to, to me, I know, they're right? artifacts. Absolutely. And they should be under a glass I box. I completely <laughs> agree, and not in a plastic bag in my living room No, anymore. exactly. Right. No, yes, somebody. It's Cinderella. Yeah. Whoever's That's finger right. it fits gets to have it. And I'm, well, it's yours. I, I'm in the running. Yeah, you are. Are the well, running? It, That's it. Thank, thank, it's a family heirloom. I'm family now. Yes, you are. <laughs> but I just I love that we have it. Yeah, and that makes me so. happy. It's beautiful. It's. It, I mean, it's. It, you know, um, my class ring was like this huge, like sure. hunk of metal. Super. Bowl this ring. is this nice, dainty little. You know, it's just nice. It's yeah, I beautiful. know. I have my mother's from the 1950s. Mm, same. It's real small. Yeah. You know, just de- yeah. And mine was small. The girls' ring. Hey, but not mine. I always wanted some Sweet. boy to like me and let me wear his high school ring. That's right. I did too. <laughs> Good for you. Neither one of us got one. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> we have we have I that had in my common. Own. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> need brass knuckles. That's right. But little did they know in this typing class mm-hmm. that one of the people rat a tat tatting on their keyboards yeah. was a sneaky reporter from the Bell Banner. All right. Because here's what they had to say about that very class: mm-hmm. typing news. Friday ended the first three months in the typing course. A 10-minute speed test was given to determine the progress of the students. Lillian Terrell led the class with a net score of 34.2 words per minute. Violet Waddell was second with a score of 29.7 words per minute. And Elizabeth Hartzell, a close third with a score of 29.1 words per minute. Isn't that good for her? And it's funny, she's not even the one taking the class. Right. It's she's Frances. just stepping she's in and there writing. to type she's her CE yeah. program. It's ah. like, oh, I'll do the speed test. <laughs> but I'm not going to mention everyone else who was in the class, but yeah. I'll rattle off a few that we know. Mm-hmm. But they all made over 25 words per minute. Mm-hmm. So that's good. And they were Bill Terrell. Victoria Maples, his ex-girlfriend, Gladys Steiner, we've met little Gladys, but Francis didn't even make the list Mm. of 25 and above. And it Mm. said some members of the class made low scores due to the fact that there is a penalty of 10 words for each error Uh to be subtracted from the total number of words written. So that Mm. means there's a lot. that They wrote a lot of words. Right, right, right. They had to Mm -hmm. get them all perfect. I I would be a horrible typist because I can't spell. Well... There is that, that. Would, that would throw me off every time. But look at that's a big class. That is a big class. And Bill and Victoria are both there. I wonder uh-huh. if that's why Elizabeth was like, "Interesting." I'll join the speed. That's test. right. <laughs> November eighteenth, nineteen thirty-four. Went to Sunday school this morning. We elected Sunday school officers, and I am pianist. Gladys Bledsoe came over here at dinner. We were sitting on the porch. Dot came by and took all three of us to her house. We went for a little ride, then walked up the street, got our car, and went to Bland. Stopped uptown. Billy came home with Francis and me, went to C.E. after supper. Willard and I went to the Baptist Church. November 19, 1934. After dinner, Francis and I went to Jefferson City with Daddy. After wandering around, we finally got Francis some shoes. Got home around 4.30, went to Dot's, 
She asked me to stay for supper, so I did. Met Bill coming home. We went to the drugstore, talked on my porch a while. Okay. This is always what happens to Elizabeth. What? She's comfortably kind of dating Willard now. Yeah. And now here yeah. comes, in the past it would be, here yeah. comes Tommy Bird. Yeah. Here comes Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here comes Bill, <laughs> right? Yeah, so always I think that's Bill. funny. But uh, yeah, it's always going back to sweet little Bill. November 21st, 1934. I'm hoarse and feeling bad today. After supper, I took the folks to prayer meeting. Gee, I'd like to do one thing, regain Bill's love. If I could, I don't like to think of hurting Willard's feelings. What a predicament. Good Lord. <laughs> regain Bill's regain love. Regain Bill's Gosh, love. Gosh, I mean, what did she do to really lose it's, it? I well, just seem to remember them quarreling a lot. And then yeah. it seemed very mutual yeah, that they didn't want did. to go together. Yeah. But anyway, someone in line for the punch at the prayer meeting was mm. from the Bell Banner. Oh. Because this also made the paper. <laughs> so it said, the weekly prayer meeting of the Church of Christ was an unusual service Wednesday evening of last week. Mr. Henry Rohrer was leader and had prepared a very interesting program. The junior boys and girls sang a song, Fishers of Men, and eight little girls read from memory the lesson for the evening which was the eighth chapter of Revelations. Oh, my Dear God. Lord. The whole thing? Yeah, right. From memory? I don't, really? Yeah. I don't know what the eighth chapter of Revelation is about, but anywho. Also, they sang, I'll be a sunbeam. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> There's Revelation. I wake up and sing that every morning. <laughs> Tommy Jean Goodman sang a religious parody to the old spinning wheel. Mrs. L. Hartzell sang a solo entitled An Evening Prayer, and several of the men present made important talks on the lesson. There were 75 individuals taking part in the worship, and all were inspired by the interest shown. Everyone is cordially invited to attend the meetings every Wednesday evening at 7. Hmm. So hmm. this was kind of a nothing burger. Who it is says, L. Hartzell? This... Uh, Mrs. L. Hartzell. It's Bess. Mrs. Louie Hartzell. Oh, Louie <laughs> L. Okay, I see. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't put yes. two and two together. Yes, because okay. it's so funny how sometimes they'll say Bessie Hartzell. Yeah. And sometimes they'll say Mrs. Mrs. L. When they choose yeah. to be formal with her. Yes, yes. It's interesting. But I thought something, it said this week's prayer meeting was an mm. unusual service. Mm-hmm. What? What made they it didn't unusual? tell us, yeah. Huh. I, is it, was it unusual because it was a Wednesday? I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of churches right. do Wednesday services yeah. now. Yeah, Maybe yeah. that was Maybe that was the unique. unusual. I guess. Huh. But anyway, yeah, right. I, I love that uh, huh. Bessie sang, and we yeah. will, I think I did find an evening prayer, Okay. and we are not going to recite the eighth okay. chapter of Revelation. Thank Y'all you. can do some homework yeah. of your very own. We'll do that tonight. But... While she's wanting to reclaim Bill's love, Mm -hmm. Bill might have some other things on his mind because just a couple of days before she writes that entry, Mm -hmm. this article is in the Bell Banner. J.W. Terrell falls from car. What? Uh Uh-huh. This is Bill's dad. Okay. John John W. Terrell, prominent attorney and known well over the state, Mm -hmm. escaped death Tuesday evening when thrown into a ditch from an automobile. Whoa. He received lacerations to the the head and injuries to her wrist as a result of the accident. The attorney was returning from Bland. Mr. Terrell was turned in the front seat talking to the young daughter of C.E. McCaslin, who was with the mother in the back seat. 
At the railroad crossing near the H.H. Deistel Camp home, the car door opened, throwing the lawyer out of the car and onto the road. He was unconscious for several minutes. (laughs) He was brought here where medical attention was given to his injuries. He is able to be up and about his legal affairs and is improving nicely. Well, how does that happen? The door just flew open? I guess he didn't close it all the way. Yeah, but then you just, they didn't have seatbelts. They didn't have seatbelts and they don't, probably didn't have locks. Probably not. You know? That's an interesting. I don't know. If they I did. I doubt yeah, yeah. they would because I mean so most of John these cars Terrell had. He just flew out. Flew of the car. out of the car one day. I love that he was turned in the front seat talking <laughs> to the young daughter. I know. Yeah. Oh, hey, baby. Okay, and then, Johnny fling. boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's karma, instant wow. karma. Instant karma. She's probably like, I don't know, Mister <laughs> Right. I don't want to answer. <laughs> oh, that's well. Thank I don't want he, any candy. He was okay. <laughs> he he survived, but that was the Tuesday before the Wednesday prayer meeting. Wow. So she's thinking about Bill, and she never mentions. That's oh my so God, weird. Bill's dad was thrown out I of just, a car. That's so bizarre. Would you have written that? I'm. T- I, I often try to think, you know, would I have written that in my diary? You know? I don't know. I mean, if, if I, I Bill know. was always on my mind. Yeah. And his dad were. That a, Tuesday yeah. night, I would be like, Bill's, Bill's dad. Bill's dad, right. And I would use that as an end to be like, <laughs> oh, Bill, do you need me to hold, you, you need a hug? You would have some other ulterior motive. Yes. Press myself on a him a little hug? bit. <laughs> do you need a hug? <laughs> so I'm, I'm, it's all, like we always say, the things that she chooses to write about. She'll yeah, right. talk about how she cleaned, yeah. washed underwear. Yeah. But she won't mention Bill's, Bill's dad, dad flipping dad. out of the car. I know, right. <laughs> so it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. November 22nd, 1934. We got our school pictures back. Mine looked terrible. I'm not going to get any. Bill wanted me to go over to his house tonight, but my cold was so bad, Mother wouldn't let me. I just had an aha moment. What? Okay. We have two pictures of Elizabeth. Yes, yes. She's wearing the exact same outfit. Yes, she is. Okay. And the little cute one that's, I think, the thumbnail for our Facebook. Yeah, the young. The one where we use all the time. She's wearing a little sweater. I bet that's her junior year picture. And that's the proof. This picture that uh she just took on this entry? No, no, no. Okay. So we have the... Because we talked about last... Uh, fall, she had her school picture made, yeah, and she liked it, and we're like, "Oh my God, that's Is the that picture it? we have!" Right, but there's another one, okay, where she's yes. wearing the identical outfit, Correct. but she looks older, older, and we hate that picture. Yes, we think she looks well for the same well, reason she doesn't like it. It's not her best. Oh, smile. you're thinking that's this picture that she doesn't like? She didn't like it either. Yes. Oh. Isn't that funny? Yeah. It's the one your mom doesn't like. Is one I'm not crazy. Yeah, because yeah. she just looks snarky. Well, like, she they was caught posing, her in an off you know, moment. Yeah, she, I mean, it was a f- photo, I mean, you know, posed photograph. But she's wearing the exact same outfit. The same outfit. So that must be her school okay. outfit. What All she right. wears to school. Because you have school clothes and you have work clothes. Yeah. You know, I mean, even when I was a little girl, yeah. you came home from school and you got yeah. your play clothes. And you're right. Yes. So I think that's so like her little school uniform. So she just wore that uniform. uniform. Mm-hmm. And... That makes total sense because so, she looks like she's about what is she seventeen now? She's or so eighteen. She is seventeen, and that's perfect. So that was sixteen and seventeen. Don't you think that's yeah, right? I do. I do too. We'll yep. put them side by side, okay. in our gallery, yeah. so everybody can see what we're talking oh, about. Oh, for sure. But it's not our favorite picture either. So no. I, but she kept the proof. Y- she did keep it. She said she yeah. wasn't, but she did. Thank but, you, yeah, she just Grandma. Yes. For we need these photos, so keep them. I'm so glad we have so many pictures of her. It's so wonderful. We're lucky. November 24th, 1934. 
worked and listened to Doug. Then Dean, Helen, and I went uptown and around in the car. After dinner, Leora came over and I practiced the song with her for the CE program. Dorothy came. She took Francis and me out to the Bledsoe's. They weren't home. We came back and fooled around. After supper, I just sat around and read. I've been reading The Crisis. It's so good. Mr. Ray Ridenour committed suicide this morning. It's so tragic. Oh, dear. Uh-oh. Again. Again. You're reading along like, oh, this is such Did a nice day. Did my nails. <laughs> and then... Ray so Ridenour. sad. A very small yeah. mention about this okay. in the Bell Banner. Mm-hmm. It says, this community greatly sympathizes with Mrs. Ray Ridenhauer and sons over the loss of her husband and father. Mm-hmm. Quite a number of friends from here attended the funeral on Monday. Mm-hmm. Now, Ray worked for the railroad. And while they didn't say much about him in the Bell Banner, mm-hmm. in the St. Clair, Missouri newspaper, mm-hmm. they felt a little more mm-hmm. free. Mm-hmm. And the headline is, Shoots Self. And then it says, Ray Ridenour, a pumper at Bell, shot himself in the side with a shotgun Saturday, the Mm. shot entering his lung. He was taken to the Jefferson City Hospital, where he died three hours later. Despondency over ill health is assigned for the reason Mr. Ridenour shot himself. He is survived by his wife, two sons, parents, brothers, and sisters. Mm-hmm. I have a picture of him okay, and his wife and their sons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's when their sons uh, were little. Okay. So that'll be on yeah. the thing. But poor Ray. Yeah. And all I could think when I read this was that Bud Wayman saw this article. Which and one was he? Bud Wayman was a guy who'll yeah. kill himself over yeah. health issues five years later. Yeah. And that in this was in the newspaper, oh. and everybody talked about it, and they were like, oh, well, he had such yeah. bad health. And then later, Bud's, Bud's going to get like, unhealthy, and mm-hmm. he'll think, well, I'm just... Uh, so anyway, tragedy. But uh, on a lighter note, she's reading a book called The Crisis. So I looked it up. I don't know why. I, I don't always look up her books, but something yeah. made me look it up yeah. to see that it was written by Winston Churchill. Really? And I was like... Are you kidding me? Really? Not that Winston Churchill. Oh. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Uh, same, same for me. Apparently, <laughs> there was an American novelist named Winston okay. Churchill, and The Crisis is a historical novel that was published in 1901. It was the mm. best-selling book in the United States in 1901, and the novel is set in the years leading up to the first battles of the American Civil War, mostly in the divided state of Missouri. No kidding. It follows the fortunes of young Stephen Bryce, huh. a man with Union and abolitionist sympathies and his involvement with a Southern family. Oh, like her family, the Underwoods. Exactly. Yeah. And this got me so excited yeah. because the minute I, I finished, I am going to, I'm yeah. going to too. It's on Amazon. Is I think it? there's a Kindle okay. version. But as soon as I finish what I'm reading right now, I am all over the crisis. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh my God, right up my, I hope mm. that the historical research he did is accurate and good. In the year 2021, I mm-hmm. decided it was my year of rereading books mm-hmm. that I loved. Mm-hmm. And one of them I picked up was Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. I hadn't read it since I was 19. Yeah. Couldn't do it. Because oh. it was just inaccurate. and It was like, oh, the happy black people working on the farm. I'm like, who's yeah. happy? Yeah. That's, what? I know. And then when she would write the way the black people spoke, she'd try to write out the gullah. Uh-huh. So it would always... Oh, it just, yeah, it didn't. I know sit. what you mean. I couldn't. I know. <clears throat> I remember reading that book and loving. Isn't that it. weird? How it changes and through? I, yeah, it's 50, forty years later, and you read it, and it's a different thing. Can't do it. I yeah, I can't mm-hmm. do it. Okay, moving on. November twenty seventh, nineteen thirty four. Didn't go to school today on account of my cold. Lounged around. My cold makes me feel terrible. 
Lil came to see me after school and brought me Richard Carvel. After supper, I read the paper and worked on a crossword puzzle. Then I began counting the boys I've gone with and how many times. I'm so tired and sleepy, so good night. <laughs> now that counting made her tired. Oh, if we had, but thank God she did it for us because that'll make yeah, making right. the t-shirt a lot easier. Yeah. But I'd be exhausted and sleepy too. Yeah. Um, and she's on to the next book, which is another Winston R- Churchill novel. Okay. And Richard Carvel was a publishing phenomenon in its time, selling more than two million copies in a nation of 76 million people. This one is set in 1765. Richard Carvel is an orphaned descendant of English nobility, and he lives on his grandfather's estate in colonial Maryland. Hmm. And he'll begin to witness the discontent of Mm -hmm. the British rule. And he sees, oh, it's a love story. It's a Mm -hmm. revolutionary war story. So another, that's second on my list. I cannot wait to read these books. But a swashbuckling patriotic tale of romance, villainy, and adventure on the high seas. Hmm. Oh, sign me up. (laughs) So that's perfect. November 28th, 1934. Went to school all day. Came home and copied some stuff in my music book. Did the dishes by myself tonight read the paper, finished counting the boys I have gone with. (laughs) (laughs) Started yesterday, finished today. There are 63. (laughs) I've gone with Bill more than any 55 times. Okay. We are keeping Mr. and Mrs. Gallagher's cat socks while they are gone. Oh, good. Okay, good. <laughs> so that was a fun. And, uh, that's I think the only time we've ever broken reading an episode, yeah, an entry. Exactly. Because that, so. that's to sixty three. Sixty three. Now, is that a life count? Is that that's a well a, a month or what? Yeah, <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it, it's not a body count as the not, kids would call it today. Uh, yeah, but no, that's all the boys from back. From, yes, all of them. Okay, from Juan. Raoul. Juan in Monticello. Yeah. Uh, and maybe before that. Yeah. I mean, okay. she could have considered a third grade walk down to the park a date. Yeah, 63? exactly. <laughs> I feel like we're going to have a hard time counting up these. That t-shirt's going to have to be addressed. Oh, yes, it is. But can you imagine? The list. It? Oh, it'll be so cute. But That's I do so have funny. a really quick on this day. 63. It's actually a little earlier in the month of November. On the 1st, the real Winston Churchill <laughs> yeah. made a statement saying that Germany is secretly and quickly amassing arms. And he called on his government to pay attention to that. And by November 8th, he gives a speech to Parliament about how England better start ramping up their own defense spending Mm -hmm. because he thinks there could be a war. So here's Churchill five years earlier Mm -hmm. trying to save the world. Mm -hmm. And no one's listening Mm -hmm. to him Mm -hmm. except, you know, who listened to him? Roosevelt. Because you and I watched that documentary mm-hmm. about the Great Depression, mm-hmm. and what really brought us out of the Great Depression wasn't going into World War II. Mm-hmm. It was starting to create arms and weaponry and submarines for everybody else. Mm-hmm. We were supplying to England and France and anyone who would buy it. I don't think they sold anything to the Germans. Matter of fact, I'm Probably almost positive not. they did not. But Roosevelt was so smart. He's like, no, we'll sell you arms. Mm -hmm. You have to pay in gold. Mm -hmm. So by 1940, before Pearl Harbor, the United States had 70% of the world's Mm. gold. Wow, yeah. And that's what brought us out of the Depression. Right. So no one was listening to Winston Churchill, but at least Roosevelt was like, I know how we can make some money. So we were safe. So it didn't even take the war. If yeah. we, but f- sadly, it took us too long 
to enter that war. Mm-hmm. And I think Winston Churchill once said millions of lives would have been saved yeah. if the U.S. could have just come in a year earlier. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, oh sure. gosh, yeah. So I thought that was a very interesting fun mm, fact. Very. November 29th, 1934. Thanksgiving! Went down and had Georgia set my hair this morning. Dot came down there. We went to Mr. Lloyd's store and decorated his window for Christmas. Dot came home with me for dinner. Billy came after dinner. He curled my hair and fixed my eyebrows. Willard came by for me and took me to the school for Thanksgiving services. I played. Hmm. So I love how Georgia set her hair in the morning and, and then Billy, then Billy comes over it. and goes, girl. <laughs> <laughs> who did this to you? Let me let me just fix that. Oh, yeah. and who is, what, what is wrong with your eyebrows? eyebrows. Got some caterpillars on your face. Fix my eyebrows. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, Georgia, Georgia is a slinkman. In this entry, she's a 14-year-old girl living right down the street from the Underwoods and mm-hmm. doing Elizabeth's hair. She was born in 1922, the youngest of the Slinkman three, mm-hmm. and she'll go to college and become a civil engineer. Mm-hmm. She moves to New York and then eventually to Massachusetts. There's an article about her in the Bell Banner in 1948. Georgia Slinkman, civil engineer, finds Massachusetts less prejudiced than New York City. And there's a whole argument. First of all, they say, this tall, good-looking blonde from Bell, Missouri. (laughs) She is. I have a picture of Georgia Slinkman. She was one of the first female civil engineers to be inducted into the like national civil engineers union or whatever okay she's a very important woman she worked for architecture firms i'm not going to read this whole article or we'll be here all day yeah she was she elizabeth's age she was younger she was younger and she said that in new york it was so hard for her to Mm -hmm. find a job because of the sex barrier to employment but in massachusetts she was able to finally find a job no one took her seriously because she was a woman right and because that made made her have a lack of experience Mm -hmm. and that made it even harder as she aged to get a job Mm -hmm. and she won't even get married until she's 50 years old she She was was a career career woman. woman She married in 1972 to a man named John Porter, and he was 61 years old. They have a brief marriage because he dies in 1981. Mm. So she finally gets married and And just has a couple of years. So I hope they were happy and wonderful. And Georgia will live until 2003. Okay. But she is gorgeous. So I can't wait to... She did hair her whole life, too. I bet she had good hair. (laughs) Maybe she wasn't so good at it because she had a big, huge brain and like, I don't do girl stuff. I do do really cool civil engineering stuff like all women should do. Right. Women in stems. True. And Billy will come in in the afternoon and And fix fix my mess. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) November wrap-up, 1934. I've had nine dates this month. They've all been with Willard. I wish he'd come around more often. Oh, how I wish for Bill. Oh, man. (laughs) Good grief. Did you have all this when you were 17 years old with all these boys? No boys looked at me. Are you kidding me? No. Oh. um, I I was heavier. Yeah. My mother wouldn't let me grow my hair out. Yeah. So I, st- I had hair about your length by the time I was a senior, yeah. maybe down to my chin, but mm-hmm. it's curly and it was real unattractive. Mm-hmm. I wore too much makeup. Mm-hmm. I was not. You just weren't the, yeah. No, she I was, was not all that. Yeah. That was I wanted uh, to in be. your 20s. Yeah. Oh, I, you I made up that. for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. You I, made up I, for I lost it. the weight. I got real cute. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, uh, I did all right. Yeah. <laughs> December 1st, 1934. Ironed and worked this morning. Dot came over before and after she played for a funeral. 
Ruth Elmer died. Ruth's death was a tragedy. She oh. was 27 years old. What? And she died giving birth to her daughter, Amelia. Oh, my God! I know. And little little dots. Oh, that dot. That must be Dorothy Johnson. Who? Uh, oh. Who took over the piano playing at the Baptist yeah. Church. And so that's, uh, her- she, she must call her dot. We've covered a couple of Dorothys, so I, I wasn't clear in my head until just that moment. That's who that is. Yeah. We've talked about her. I just don't remember. But our listeners will because they're so good. But a quick little on this day for December 2nd of 1934 because it caught my eye in the paper. But the Central Park Zoo reopened in 1934. They had to close down for eight months to rebuild it and help the animals that were suffering because animals didn't fare well. Zoos weren't making money in the Depression either. Uh And all of this was financed with federal money. (laughs) So there's another... Have you ever been to the Central Park Zoo? I have not. I've never been in it, but I've walked by it. You can see the otters, you know, swimming around. And I thought that was real cute. But I've never been in it. So yeah, it's still around. Because of a federal program. Who said, let's help the animals too, fix up the zoo. So that's good programs. December 3rd, 1934. Bill was friendly. After school, I had to go to town. He walked down the street with me. I wish Bill would come back to me. I want him so badly. December 4th, 1934. After supper, Bernice came by. I went to town with her. We went to the schoolhouse where they were. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For practicing the play and basketball. Bill was there. He was friendly again tonight, too. December 6, 1934. Lil came home with me and picked out some duets we are going to play next Thursday for the Senior Assembly Program. After supper, Willard came and took me to the Baptist play at the school. It snowed the whole time we were there. Uh, so the critic to the Bell Banner yes. was in the audience for the All Baptist right. play. How was that? It says, Baptist play is well received. <laughs> the path across the hill viewed by a large crowd Thursday evening, considering the weather. 
And it talks yeah. about how the play is a three-act comedy at the Bell Baptist Church, a nice crowd, and then they list the cast, and mm-hmm. I will say who we know. Miss mm-hmm. Victoria Maples, the daughter of the Reverend, was at her best as Ruth Conrad. I don't know this play, but I'm assuming she's the lead. Sam Licklider. Mm-hmm. Aw, poor Sam yeah. was in the play, and he had to age himself several decades to fill the personage of Samuel Crawford, the grandpa. Let's see who, oh, Miss Margaret Davis played Zuzu the cook, and apparently she was the comic relief of the play. Mm. And Dorothy Johnson mm-hmm. was Ludi, who it says was present when there was anything to be heard. So she must be the Gladys Kravitz mm-hmm. of the play. And Miss Aura Ridden Hour's acting was entertaining as well as that of Lloyd Smith and Russell Johnson. And the play made $29.40 well, that's for good. the Baptist Church. That's good well, money. That's really good. Back then. So yeah. yes. December 7th, 1934. Bill is so friendly. Erlene and I wore our colored glasses at noon. He kept mine for me. I have about decided to ditch Willard. He doesn't know how to treat a girl. This is what she does. Tommy doesn't treat her right, so she's going back to Henley. (laughs) I don't think Willard is probably doing anything wrong. He probably doesn't even, She just can't stand to look at him. You know how you get into that point in a relationship Mm -hmm. where a friendship or anything, where they walk in and you're like, oh, jeez. She's just at that point. So I bet Willard hasn't changed a bit. Yeah. So poor Willard. December 9th, 1934. Went to Sunday school this morning. Francis and I went down to Dots with her and read the funnies. We didn't stay for church on account of a funeral. After dinner, Billy came by for us. We watched them skate on the mill pond. After supper, I slipped off and didn't stay for church. Didn't want to go with Willard. <laughs> she's not liking so, Willard. So now she's just avoiding him. Willard's out. He's out. But I love them. That's another scene. Yeah, it is. Like the beginning of the Peanuts Christmas special. Exactly. I just need a dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> December 11th, 1934. Went to school all day. Had my picture made again. Went over to Lil's and practiced our duet after school. After supper, I went to the school with Francis. The kids were all supposed to be here for the program, but they weren't. I went to the pond, took a ride on a sled, went downtown and bought some peanuts and Red Hots. Victoria invited Bill over with a bunch of kids. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, what's Mm-mm. Victoria doing? Mm-hmm. Making a move. Everybody Again, broke up with, with Bill. Victoria. He must be real good looking. Yeah. <laughs> but that unexpected blizzard made the news. It yeah. says, white mantle over area with ice. Mm-hmm. Although winter isn't scheduled to gather over Bell and vicinity until December 22nd, a freak blizzard swept by a cold wind struck this area Thursday night of last week without warning, bringing with it a heavy snow and ice. Mm-hmm. The snowfall continued through Friday, Friday night, and Saturday morning. The sun finally beamed down upon the hills and glanced through the valleys about noontime that day. Wow. Oh, the editor. That's a weatherman with a nice. (laughs) He decided to get a little creative. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, how fun, a little blizzard. December 12th, 1934. After school, I came home. Dot came by and went with her to collect. After supper, I went up to the school to practice, but Lil wasn't there, so I just sat around and listened to the rest of the program. Our church is going to have a Christmas program with a one-act play. I am supposed to be opposite Carl. 
I like him. Oh my God. <laughs> and would very much like to go with him. <laughs> Golly, she can't make up her mind. So she likes the Wallace boys too. And Carl <laughs> Wallace, of course, I saw a lot about him when I was researching Ken Wallace because I was trying to find Ken's divorce or his new marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking through the bell banner. I told you earlier, I put in all these different years and two things caught my eye that I made a little note of. And one was that Carl Wallace served in World War II and mm. had been promoted to a sergeant in the army. Okay. And also, I saw that Louis Biles, the guy who shared a birthday with Elizabeth, mm-hmm. also was a sergeant stationed in Shreveport during uh-huh. World War II. And they would just put these little things in the paper. And of course, you know, I know all these families yeah, now. They're like my I'm family. Sure. So I yeah. thought it was fun that Carl became so, a sergeant, wow. which is really neat. Mm-hmm. December 14th, 1934. Our senior rings came. I didn't have the money. Willard took me to town to talk to Daddy. We finally got it. The rings are darling. After supper, Francis and I went for Dot. Bill came by and we all went to the program. I played for the Glee Club. December 15th, 1934. After dinner, which was late, we went over to the church to practice for the Christmas program. Then Frances and I went over to Dot's. She wasn't there, so we walked. Billy decorated the shop windows. (laughs) Billy, Billy, Billy. Billy, our artist, is also decorating probably the Underwoods. His shop. dad's shop, probably sure. decorating that for Christmas. Yeah, right. I bet it was the cutest little yeah, window in I'll town. Bet he, yep. <laughs> December 22nd, 1934. Worked this morning, and I don't mean perhaps. We cleaned the whole house, went to town, and cashed a check from dear Uncle Will, addressed a lot of Christmas cards. After dinner, we went up to the church to practice. After it was over, we bought a CE treat for the kids. After supper, we went to town to exchange some cream, but couldn't do it. Came home and read the rest of the evening. Bah humbug. <laughs> I wonder why you're going to exchange cream. That's what I was going to ask. I guess it was clotted or it had Does gone sour, they, yeah. but they didn't take it back. To exchange some cream, but yeah, couldn't do I it. I guess they just opened it and it was sour. Uh-huh. And, and they, they were they like, sorry, to it. Right. you I can't. See. Sure. Yeah, and, poor, and sweet <laughs> Uncle Will sending them a check. Again. Just like their other uncle their did other uncle. last Christmas. Yeah. Uncle Lee. Yes. Now it's Uncle Will. I swear. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, the Underwoods are some good people. You got some good people in your family well, tree. Well, people watching the story would say they kicked them out, the Underwoods did. Ah, uh, well. But, you know, that was... Nobody knew. Right. Exactly. There are a lot of and different like, factors And he's like, Louie, take your wife and five children. Exactly. We're old people. We don't have the room. We don't have Amen. the money. And if they would have, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty that the family slept in a tent. Yes. You know, I don't think that they would I doubt grandma and grandpa knew. Even knew. I, I don't think I, Bess would me, say, oh, I agree. or she would have said, you get your butt back right now. I agree. All of her brothers and sisters would have chipped that's in. That's right. But Louie would have never would have freaked yeah. So that was the issue, I think. I think so, too. I yeah. mean, what else could it be? I, I don't <sighs> think it's like the Underwoods kicked the Hartzels out to go live in a tent. Not at like all. Like some of our viewers have, you know, I right. mean, you know. Exactly. Uh, because those people haven't listened to the podcast. Right. And haven't heard us postulate on right. what, exactly. <laughs> everything else is going so, on. So, yeah, at face value, it would look correct. that way. For sure. December 24th, 1934. Went down and had Dot set my hair this morning. After dinner, went out to the church and practiced all afternoon. After supper, Mother gave us our presents. I got a handkerchief, a pair of hose, gloves, and a lot of candy. We went to the program. I had to play for nearly everything. 
there was a false fire. Darn that church. A lot of disturbances. Wow. So there are no fire alarms back then. So did someone just go, oh, God, it's fire. fire." And they're like, oh, never (laughs) mind. No, no. Right in the middle of her playing. Do you, does your family exchange gifts on Christmas Eve? Yes, to some degree. I don't know if it's, yeah, I don't know if it's anything that was passed down through the family, but we got to open one present on Christmas Eve. That was it. Sure. That was it. We did. The rest is Christmas. When I grew up, we weren't even allowed to open one. To do that. But I do that as a mom. Uh Actually, my kids do their sibling gifts to each other Uh that night. They have a little drawing. Yeah. So that's what we do. Yeah. We used to give each other, I used to give the family a game on Christmas Eve Mm -hmm. and we would play the game. Oh, cool. So that was was fun. But now we have too many games and we're like, don't buy any more games. Right. (laughs) Well, she got a handkerchief, pair of hose, gloves, and a lot of candy. That's the most she gotten in all the years so they're doing better yeah it makes me happy yeah december 25th 1934 went down to dots helped her gather clothes played piano nadine brought me home francis and i went to the church after supper i took dean to nadine's sat around and read magazines while eating peanuts and candy merry christmas that's kind of an odd christmas day yeah to visit, I guess they're visiting and they're uh-huh. young and they want to go hang out with their friends. But you, they don't. One thing that's interesting, even on the Thanksgivings in this everything, mm-hmm. no one's talked about a big meal. That's I mean, true. I guess they never yeah. had, but they didn't even have like even the Cratchits had a meal. Yeah. I mean, uh, he bought them the big goose yeah. in the window right. on Christmas Day, which I always thought was weird. But because you couldn't cook it in one day. But anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but at least they had a special meal. Yes. But there's no we killed a chicken. Yeah, there's or not. Is there? Had some sweet potatoes. They, and they don't really mention it. No. For every year for Thanksgiving, it doesn't show I, up. Like, I'm not a hundred. Per- I think in the future uh-huh. for sure. Yeah. Right. But not now. Right. Not right. even a turkey. Or a ham. Mm -hmm. December 27th, 1934. Helped wash this morning. Hung out the things in a bitter cold wind. After dinner, I rested. Then Francis and I cleaned up and went downtown. Came back and Mabel came over a few minutes. We had to go to Lloyd's. Bill walked with us coming back. I love Bill walking with her. But I love how she described it, a bitter cold wind. Yeah. I can also mm. see that. Yeah. Just to yep. just to draw a circle around how life is different in the Netflix special or Amazon or Hulu, mm-hmm. it's for her to be hanging laundry in a cold in the yeah, cold. Yeah, right. I just want the visual of that so people get it. There's a lot of There's visuals. not central heat and air in that house. Yeah, There's right. a fire in a That's stove. Right. It's cold as it. I want yeah. people to feel it. Mm-hmm. December thirty first, nineteen thirty four. Francis and I went to Bell's, and she set my hair, came home and finished the work. Daddy got a letter from Bob Johnson, and he gave him a job. He's going to Arkansas. Ah, really? What a wonderful way to end the year. Now, Mm -hmm. Dad, this isn't the government job, I guess. I don't know. Okay. I'll find out in the Bell banner. (laughs) Yeah, right. But Bell is a young girl who lives five doors down from the Underwoods with Mm -hmm. her husband, Joseph. So she's a married lady, but young. Her husband was the town barber. Ah. So they both like to do in hair. Actually, she was 35 years old when she's doing Elizabeth's hair. Mm -hmm. She had two children. Her husband will die in 1946, and she lives on until 1971. So we have a bell living in Bell. Bell. And then, of course, we don't get a wrap-up. We get a New Year's resolution for 1935. I hope to be a better girl and live up to the resolution I made last year and broke. With God's help, I am going to win Bill and make him a man. Uh. <gasps> what? Come on now, girl. 
That's hilarious. So, but her last year's resolution yeah. was to be、What、good was... and not talk badly about people. Ah, <laughs> okay, that's where she so, came a little short. That's where she fell short. But I, we don't hear her talking badly about people. She must save she that for Dot He, and Mabel yeah, and、right. Nadine and everybody not her, else. Not us. But、yeah. that is a wonderful place to end. I love it. This was it. a long that episode was long, today. This has a lot of meat. The Bell Banner is just freaking rocking. I am. I don't know what I did before it. I don't know what I'm going to、yeah. do. After it, seriously, I'm, I'm living for the good folk at the Bell Banner. Yeah, and yep. so, so join us next week、yeah. if you want next week's episode right now. You can get the first thirty minutes on our Patreon. It is there, ready for you to keep on listening and find out what happens with Dad's job. Is Bill gonna get back with her? Are they gonna fall in love? Is Bill Mark's grandfather? Who's to say? <laughs> so join us to find out. Always, our Patreon is my grandma's diaries, and that is also our Facebook, our Instagram, our TikTok. So catch up with us. Send us DMs. I don't know if I need any more recordings of "Welcome to My Grandma's Diaries," but go ahead and send them in anyway because I love hearing all your sweet voices and I'm saving them. You never know; I might need more. Also, send us questions, anything you want. We love to interact. Write us a review, unless you're going to be really mean. Then go to the Joe Rogan podcast and write him、Seriously. a scathing one star review. <laughs> and if you love Joe Rogan, give him a five star. Come on, you love him. Whatever.、Uh, otherwise, we'll see you next、Bye. Tuesday. Hi, this is Katie and Jane from Connecticut, and you're listening to My Grandma's Diaries. Oh, that's so cute.